Hello guys and welcome to the Peaks and Valleys podcast. On this podcast, we talk coffee, culture, and mental health. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Ridgely. What's up guys? My name is Kyle. So glad you're joining us and I hope you enjoy this episode. What is up, Peaks and Valleys fam? Coming at you hot off the press with another episode. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only Kyle Ridgely. What's up? Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a thing called social location and why that's important. First thing that we want to do, though, I want to just provide you guys a little bit of an update on uh, what's going on in our lives, Um, just because we want you guys to be connected here. Um, We want it to be a community, Um, and so we we just want to provide a little bit of an update, Um, and I'll start with me. Um, Just finished up some my mental health um, coaching courses. I'll be sending that in um, to get back. Uh, my certification to, to be a certified mental health coach. Um, Kyle's gone through it, got a certification. He's he's talked about that. Um, but I'm super, super excited um, just to um, have that certification, have that knowledge, have that foundation. Um, as I pursue launching um, what is going to be the nonprofit Peaks and Valleys. Um, so really excited about that. Um yeah, that, that's just like a quick quick update about what's going on in my life, um, where I'm at um, right now, kind of what's going on. Kyle, what's what's going on in the world of Kyle Ridgely? Uh-huh. Well, I uh, just recently have been in between jobs and recently found one, so that's a blessing um, after transitioning out of my former role. And uh, as Jonathan said, I did uh, finish my mental health coach training and now I'm a board certified mental health coach as of November of last year. Um, And now I am pursuing a master's in counseling. So nice, dude. And working at Starbucks, which is awesome. Yeah. And you guys. I did not know this until Kyle informed me, but apparently Starbucks offers doggy whipped cream. Like, you can go through the drive-thru and get a a cup of whipped cream for your dog. And let me just tell you, I have have a a little girl, um, and she would absolutely love... Um, some doggy whipped cream. She would eat it up, what she got. She would. <laughs> she would. And it's called the pup cup. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's regular it's, whipped cream. Regular whipped cream. It's so. pretty it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. So props to Starbucks for that. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um And make sure your proof is with that you don't have a human girl, you have right, a Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, a four legged a girl dog. dog. <laughs> girl dog. Uh but yeah. That's some updates, guys. Um Super, super glad you guys are here in this community um, and leaning in on these conversations and listening with us. Um, Super glad to have you here. Um, So let's just dive right into this. Um, And like I said, we're going to be talking about um, a social location, specifically going beyond our social location. Okay. You're probably asking the question, what is a social location and why is it important? 
Well, social locations, they, they reflect the many intersections of our experience related to stuff like race, religion, uh, physical size, sexual orientation, you know, social class, and stuff like that. Social location, um, it also contributes not only to our understanding um, of the ways in which major institutions work, but also to our ability to access them. And so th this has a lot to do with our worldview, our worldview, the way we view the world, the way that we view uh, people, institutions, um, and like this said, you know, um, the people's ability to access them. And so we're going to talk about going beyond our own social location, um, stepping into other people's, um, understanding other people's worldview that we may be uh, fearful, fearful fearful of, or not understand, um, and, and why that's important, why that's important, um, just really just break down the walls that our culture builds up, um, and, and just, I mean, it comes down to empathy and loving people uh, better, and part of that is, again, going beyond our social location, and, and so, with that foundation, with that understanding of what a social location is, um, let's dive into to the first point we really want to talk about, and that, that's the problem. Um, we see a lot in, in today's culture. Um, there's a whole lot of, of listening um, for me to be heard. If I'm listening to somebody, I'm listening to be heard. I want the person um, that I'm listening to just to be quiet so I get my, my point in, you know, hmm. um, or give a rebut to, you know, what, what they said. And not a lot of listening to understand other people's worldview, um, their social location, why, why they view, um, you know, race or religion or sexual orientation um, the way they do. Um, so the, it, they, there's a problem of not seeing people's worldview um, and, and seeing why people... Uh, view things, you know, these these kind of things the way they do. Um, what what would you say, Cal, um, as far as um, culture and, and, and walls build up and this, um, th this really kind of intersects with um, our last episode we did. Um, I feel like we can definitely talk about a little, little bit of active listening, mm -hmm. you know, in this, in the problem. Um, you know, like I said, that, that listening to be heard mm -hmm. instead of listening to understand somebody. Mm -hmm. So what, what other things do you see as far as the problem in, in not stepping out of our own social location? Yeah. Um, so I can honestly say that uh, there's a lot, especially in this season, you know, every generation has had its own uh topics and ideologies and philosophies and um, things that kind of uh, may uh, go against what we view or what we believe. Um, but I think especially in 2020, there's just been uh, so much of uh, just very, uh, more things are out in the open now. More things are just been, have been exposed and have been um, heightened in a sense um, in regards to uh, example will be social issues or um, racial issues. Uh, 
But I think that from that, we have an opportunity um, to really learn from others, to really be open and and, and hear people's stories, hear people's uh, worldviews, hear people's uh, socio-environmental uh, kind of uh, surroundings, and really seek to understand, wow, I never knew that. Tell me about what you believe, what you view, how you view the world around you. And I think that first we should always approach it with, this should not be threatening to me. Because at the end of the day, you're just having a conversation with someone else. And we all cross paths and rub shoulders with people who don't view the world the same way that we do. You know, people do different things. People prefer different things. We have different personalities. We have different uh, likes and dislikes. So why should that be threatening to us that there are different people in the world who view life differently? And I think, again, we have an opportunity to build a relationship with people from different walks of life, different cultural backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, belief systems. And we just have an opportunity to just simply kind of take ourselves out of the situation, um, our pride, our ego, uh, whatever may be going on inside of us that makes us fear this particular uh these, this particular conversation we're going to be having or this particular view or philosophy we may be discussing. And so, yeah, I think. Yeah, awesome. Great points. I, I love that, Kyle. Um, I, I like the word that you used. This is, it shouldn't be threatening. It should be an opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to build those relationships, to, to really step outside of ourselves and understand other people, which is super important because we, our culture is like a melting pot, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I love, you know, the way you, um, you really put that into really good words, that opportunity, um, rather than we have to be scared of this. Um, and this just came to mind. I want to give a specific example, um, of kind of different social locations and the way, um, two different ethnicities view things. Okay. Specifically talking about race. There's an author by the name of Esau McCauley, and he's actually the one that um, really talks about this, wrote a book about it. Um, it's called Reading While Black, uh, talking about African-American biblical interpretation. And the one thing that he pointed out, a specific example, is the black church will see like Exodus and the Red Sea, and they'll see black liberation. You know, th- This is liberation for the black community. As a white person, you you may not read that in that context, you know. And so the the misunderstandings of um socio socioeconomic things in the black community and uh social justice, um a white person um may not understand the way, you know, a black tradition or a black culture is 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 interpreting that text. And so you have these misunderstandings, and, you know, that's when we say, okay, go beyond your social location, um, talk to a, a person of color, and, you know, say, hey, help help me understand um, how you're seeing this, you know. Um, like I said, that, that just came to mind. I, I just really wanted to give a tangible um, example of this, um, and, you know, just, just kind of some fruitful steps to, to move forward. Um. 
our next point that, that we really want to talk about, and, and Kyle hit on this um, when he talked about rather than seeing this something that we should be scared of, but you know, rather an opportunity, fear. Fear. Fear, fear is something that um, there, there's a healthy level of fear. There is. Um, but, but fear uncontrolled can be a powerful thing in our lives. Um, and, and specifically the fear of not having control. Um, this person has a different worldview. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with that worldview. You know, we look at culture and I just feel like, like I said, just, just not having control um, just keeps us scared of different worldviews, different ideologies, and we, we just don't even want to understand. Um, and so, but there, there's, I mean, there, there's a, there's a gospel Im- implication to, um, to do this, to step outside of our social location, to understand people's worldviews, and, and like Kyle said, take this opportunity to, to build a relationship, to really understand a person where they are. Um, and just some, Kyle, what, what are some, some practical ways, um, that we can really break out of this fear, um, mm-hmm. and, and move towards step, like, like you put it, stepping outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I think, uh, everything you hit on is perfect and it's, uh, and just to sum that up is great. Um, but I think I'll, I'll, I'll start and I'll preface with the fear, uh, kind of, uh, aspect, uh, fear makes us do some pretty outlandish things. Um, it paralyzes us in a sense that we don't have control over most things. Um, the reality is that all that we can have control of is what is inside of our circle. And what does that mainly mean? How I respond. That is what I have control over. The things that I can control in my life is how I can respond. I cannot control the things that are outside of that what happens in the world, what may be happening around me, that is not in my realm of saying I have control over. Oftentimes we do. We do uh, fall into that trap where we often feel as though we are so out of control that we buy into this illusion that we are in control. And so really and honestly, we need to first start with what is in my control? What do I uh, have control over today? I may not have control of what is on the headlines. I may not have control of the of the way the economy is. I may not have control of whatever political system or ideology that is going on around me. The only thing that I am responsible for is how I respond. And I'm going to be held accountable for the way that I respond. There's going to be consequences for the way that I respond, whether positively or negatively. Um, so I think we need to start from there and understanding that relinquishing this idea or this illusion of control um, and and stepping in and having a conversation. Don't go in thinking that if you have this conversation with this person, it's going to end in conflict. Nine times out of ten, that's not necessarily the way it's going to go. There might be a disagreement, but it's not going to be the end of the world. It, that That is be how they respond, how that person that you're having a conversation with responds is not necessarily up to you in the sense of if you're having a conversation and it does bring offense to that person, it's not necessarily uh, your that that's out of your control. If if you're telling someone open, as long as you are open and honest and you're respectful and you're treating them with dignity, 
if they respond in a, in a way that you fear, that is not you're in your realm of control. Um, for any situation in life, how someone else responds or how someone else responds to you is outside of your control. So I think one way that we can begin to practice these things, to begin to break down those walls, if you will, to begin to break down those fear responses, um, the fear of the unknown and not knowing what to say, is first find someone in your life that has a different worldview than you um, and start having conversations with them. Um, ask them to explain why they view the world the way they do. Um, what led them to that? What, what do they believe specifically about the world they live in? I think that's a great exercise for anyone. Just starting out, find someone who is different than you. Can I can I interject like really quick mm-hmm. and just just say something? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this specifically, obviously for the race conversation, you know. But I would also say this specifically for um, when we see Christians that are LGBTQ affirming, and then we automatically, you know, dismiss and mm-hmm. otherize, mm-hmm. you know, and like. I'm just like, no, like, to have a conversation, build a relationship mm. with that per- that believer mm. that is LGBTQ affirming, mm. like, say, hey, like, help me understand, like, how do you see this? Like, um, like, talk about all of it. Would, you know, talk mm. about scripture, like, wh- where have you gotten that? Like, just like, I-, I think specifically in that conversation right now, instead of otherizing, you know, mm-hmm. mm step out of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. because there, there, there's a, there's a growing divide in the church with that conversation. And, and I think if we do this, um, just leads to more unity, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and, and I think also with that, I think when you're having these conversations with individuals, don't have something prepared to get to them. You are asking them their view. There should be nothing that you should say in response unless that person welcomes you to share your worldview. If they say, hey, I've shared what I believe. What do you believe? Do not intrude and be in in an intrusive manner. Go ahead and say, well, this is what I think. Don't do that. That is that that ultimately leads to that trouble that you're in most fear of, or that uh, the fear of that conflict that arises. Let them welcome you into that. They've already taken the first step in sharing their heart with you about how they view things and their life and their story. Don't butt in and just go ahead and say, "Well, this is what I believe." Let them welcome that. Let them ask you. So, what do you believe? Don't expect to have a prepared five-point sermon or uh, thesis about this is why I believe and this is why you're wrong. Do not seek to do that. You are seeking to understand, not to get your point across. That That is, I think that's paramount in understanding how to have these conversations, how to take yourself outside of your social location. Um, And I think another way um, that we do this, and that's a good segue into the next point, is that uh, we just need to get rid of preconceived notions um, about how this person may respond or how this person may share to us uh, their worldview and why they believe it. 
we might have preconceived notions in our brain. Like, oh, I already know what they're going to say. I already know what I've already heard it. Do not go into a conversation with those preconceived notions because they may be wrong. They may be wrong. So always seek to do to do that. Do not go into these conversations with a preconceived notion, nor the point I made before, don't go in with something prepared and go go in and just go ahead and tell that person that this is what I believe. Let them welcome you into that. Um, I think another way to really practice this and getting yourself outside of this social location, your social location, your specific bubble or people group is to get around people who care about you. Get around people, uh, maybe get around people who may also are struggling with this particular issue. How to have conversations with other people who who do not have the same worldviews uh, that I do. Um, I think one last thing that I would hit on as a as a a tool or maybe a step, a practical way that we could take ourselves outside of our social location is find a resource. Um, I, I would say first of all, find a people resource. Find someone. Um, who may already be um, immersed in the community, who has relationships already built with pe- people who have different worldviews, who identify in certain uh, certain belief systems, religion, um, a social class, things like that. Uh, those could be a pastor, a social worker, a counselor, community leaders, and they may be able to even provide you physical resources, which means... Uh, probably some literature, articles, books, um, or you can even go out yourself and look for those books out there. Um, but I, I would start first with someone who is who is an expert, who's someone who is already an influence in their community. They've already met these people. They, they've already started that relationship process and ask them, what are some resources on how I can learn about other people and, 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 and get more information than what is being told to me by a specific bias group. Ask that. People resource and physical resource are always important. Yeah, awesome, man. That's that's all fantastic stuff. And um, I will real, real quickly go back to um, um, the last point you made. Um, you were talking about, you know, getting around people that really care or maybe have uh, the same fears and, you know, the with the community that we're in, this is something that we both heard mm-hmm. before, like mm-hmm. never be a lone ranger, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. know, this is definitely something that, you know, you, you need, you need community, um, to engage these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I would just, you know, doubly hit that, you know, hammer that down, like, um, get in community, um, with these things, um, talk about these things with your community, with, with your fears. And, and like said, like Kyle said, like if, people that may have the same fears of a particular somebody else's worldview or social location, like um, be in community, um, have, have honest conversations about those fears um, in your community and people that, you know, that care about you and, and love you. Um, um, so thanks, man. Th- those are all great points. Um, we are going to uh, break and we'll be right back at you. up with God, we got an open line, trying to have the tough combos with an open mind, said Nick get in the game, boy, you sounding like a coach of mine, you 
gotta catch him, it's the game, boy, Pokemon It feels weird, I'm honing in on what I'm focused on Like trying to get them sing along if they know the song I'm just trying to figure out where my emotions gone And if I'm doing the right thing with what I'm supposed to want Lightning in a bottle What's up, guys? And we are back with you um, talking about social location, stepping outside of that and our own worldview and understanding um, other people's worldview. And we want to go um, right into our next point, um, which is unity doesn't equal uniformity. Now, what does that mean? We, we hear a lot of talks about um, unity in the church, um, unity in America. Um, there were a lot of conversations um, after January 6th and even the elections, you know, calls for unity, unity, unity. Um, and I, I think we have a, a very not correct understanding sometimes of unity. I think sometimes we can go to unity means you vote the same, you think the same, you talk the same, you know. That's not what unity is. Unity does not equal uniformity. We Again, we all vote the same, we all look the same, we all talk the same. Like That's not unity. That's not unity. Unity is we come to the table... With, with our own separate worldviews, with our own separate social contexts and social locations, um, the way we view race, the way we view um, our experiences, the way we view um, religion and age. Like, unity is we, we come to the table and we try to understand each other. That's, that's some real unity right there. And, and that's, that's part of, you know, stepping out of... Um, our own social location is saying like I, I don't want to I don't want this wall to be be between us. I want to break down this wall so we can have some unity. So I can understand you and you can understand me and and we grow in that unity together. because at the end of the day, when when we really get just really real, Big difference. Somebody that um, is regenerated, a believer, somebody that's not. Beyond that, though, we're all made in the image of God. We're all uh, deserving of, of dignity. We, we, we're all human. Um, we, we can break down these walls um, that, that culture likes to build up um, and, and, and have some unity just as human beings, just as people made in the image of God. Um, and I love that, that, gosh, like he, just just our creator, you know, um, that he has made us in, in his image. And so we have that that common ground with each other. Um, that, that That's just a, that's a beautiful thing to me. Kyle, what's your thoughts on that unity and it not being uniformity and, you know, us all just looking and thinking and voting the same? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with what you said about um, that unity um, that's found in that, uh, not so much in that uh, 
uniformity um, but there's differences that people have I think the the main core for me when I think about unity I think about the first thing or the first thing that comes to mind to me is mutual understanding um, I think the core and root of it is just seeking to understand both parties positions um, very difficult, very hard, um, but once it's achieved, it does foster a sense of unity. It brings us to a common ground, like Jonathan said, uh, a common ground being something that unites us. In conversations like these, I think the one common bond that unites us is that our humanity. Our humanity, who we are, we are made in the image of God. We are where we have dignity um, surrounding um, who God made us to be because he made us. We, we have that dignity in that we're made in his image. So I think that's one of the, if you want to think of a broad scope, that's our, that's our common ground, I feel as though. For Christians, that common ground goes even deeper, as Jonathan mentioned, is our salvation. It's in Jesus Despite the fact that we might have different views about uh, different theological ideas and the way a Christian should live, or maybe even struggle with some maybe secondary issues over the primary issues, there is mutual understanding in the fact to the common ground is the salvation, is gospel. So I think that's important to understand is that when we, when we seek unity with one another, it's not so much everybody agrees the same way I do, but both parties are coming to the table and saying we have mutually understood one another and our positions, and we still seek to um, treat everyone with dignity and respect, and everyone has uh, the right to live as the way they believe that, that you know? So, Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Last thing we want to end on... And this is really stepping into to empathy and really ending with asking ourselves a question. Asking ourselves the question, how would I feel if blank? It's a really good first step to empathy and stepping into, in, into somebody's shoes, seeing through their worldview, um, and just understanding who people are where they are not where we expect them to be mm-hmm. um, but and understanding them where they are um, you, you know we, we say all the time meet people where they are um, because again it, it goes back to um, you know Kyle you mentioned getting rid of um, preconceived notions um, getting rid of expectations of people mm-hmm. of how we think they should you know see this mm-hmm. or view the world um meeting them where they're at you know as simple as that mm-hmm. um and you know it sounds simple from the offset but it's it it's hard it takes work um but it 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 produces more fruit you know, it it's very, very, very much more fruitful. Um, what are your thoughts on that as, as we close this up, Kyle? Yeah, definitely. Um, with that understanding and with uh, hearing from others who have different worldviews and asking yourself the question, uh, a, a check, if you will, checking yourself, how would I feel if that the first step to empathy? Um, 
And in that, how would I feel directly related to a story I may hear about someone who is marginalized for who they are or what race they are, how they identify um, their sexual orientation? How would I feel if I was mistreated, if I was marginalized? Um, specifically, an uh, example would be when it comes to race. Um, I've heard many stories, heartbreaking stories, of people who have been um, marginalized because of their color and have been uh, have been maimed and have been uh, mistreated in a way that they they have there's a sense of loss of identity um, worth and just how they view the world around them is that this is how I'll always be viewed by this other group that marginalizes me. I'll never be more than the color of my skin. I'll never be more than my sexual. I'll never I'll never have that right to be treated with dignity and love just for who I am, not all the other things that come with it. Just I'm a human. I'm a human being, you know. So that's where I'm at on it. Awesome, man. Uh great points. Um Great conversation. Thanks for sharing your heart, dude, as always. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, this was this was a really fun one because, um, as you can probably tell, um, as me and Kyle talk, we're really relational. Um, we love building this community. Um, I, I love stepping into people's worldviews and, and really seeing how they view the world. Um, so, honestly, this was a really fun one for me. Um, it's a, um, important one. Um, but, but just, you know, just a little building relationships. Mm. Um, so it's a good one to talk about. Um, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode, um, gleam some encouragement, some hope and some useful first steps into going beyond your own social location, going beyond your own social context. Um, hope it encourages you to go out and talk to somebody that has a different worldview than you. Talk to somebody that has a different um, ideology, um, uh, political bend, um, sexual orientation than you. Um, and really understand who they are. Meet them where they're at. Um, if you like this podcast, as always, um, please, please, please drop us a review. Um, tell us what you think. And we will catch you guys on the next episode.